Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Calmly Create Wealth Podcast, U.S. Equities Edition. My name is Marcel Mares, and I'm a portfolio strategist for Century Funds. Today on the podcast, we have Aubrey Hearn. He's the head of equities and lead portfolio manager for Century U.S. Funds, and he'll provide his views on the U.S. market. Also, he'll share an update on fund positioning and latest portfolio activity for Century U.S. Funds. Specifically, his commentary will focus on the Century U.S. Growth and Income Fund and CI U.S. Equity Private Pool, which are both U.S. equity funds and Century U.S. Monthly Income Fund, which is a balanced fund with approximately 60% in equities and 40% in fixed income. The U.S. Monthly Income Fund is a wonderful fund. Whether we're in a recovery or a correction, this is an all-in-one balanced solution for a full market cycle. And since inception in 2013, this fund has beaten 98% of the funds in the global equity balance category. All of Century funds are actively managed, and we strive to grow capital on risk-adjusted basis by investing in high-quality companies trading at attractive valuations. And despite an uneven recovery related to economic shutdown due to COVID, we believe high quality companies we invest in will gain market share and should do better over the long term. With that, Aubrey, please share your market views with the listeners. And so first off, just talking about the markets more broadly, um, you know, kind of what we're seeing. So clearly there's been a a good recovery uh, in the markets over the last month and, and even a little longer. I think um, the data certainly supports that, you know, depends what you look at, but whether it's railroad traffic volume, uh, you know, whether it's credit card volume, uh, pretty much across the board, consumer spending, you know, some of the real estate da- data, um, certainly not off to the races, but better than some would have thought. Um, the unemployment numbers or the, uh, the, the number of people that were hired were, were surprising. That was a few weeks ago. So a lot of good things that have happened uh, since, since our last update about a month ago. I think you probably see that in your, your day-to-day lives as well, things and opening up the economy uh, and, and looking at a phase two. Uh, I, I'm actually up north and um, is, is a little bit further ahead than, than Toronto. And when I go to the local communities here, it's, it's almost like, you know, walk COVID. There's places, it's quite busy. There's a lot of traffic. Uh, restaurants are now open. Um, there, there's still, you know, issues in terms of people get going into the restaurants is just more of a, a patio type thing for the moment. Uh, but generally, you know, you can see a notable, notable pickup in the last, in the last month. And I think that's going to continue to play out around the world. Um, and in some cases, you know, Canada's is fur- further behind uh, the world in terms of that rollout. Um, you know, there, there's other sort of green shoots as well, uh, even related to, for example, like big parts of the economy, for example, auto, if you're listening to GM, uh, Mary Barra, she was talking about how um, auto, automotive sales have been uh, you know, quite robust, uh, not, not that much lower now than maybe 80% of pre-COVID levels. Uh, so in some of their facilities are actually increasing uh, production commensurate with that growth. Uh, so so that's, that's exciting. This is obviously auto is a big sector, but, but also the, you know, the suppliers and the kind of whole follow through and the number of people employed. So that, that, that looks to be pretty good. Um, also, I was a bit surprised if you, if you listen to the Delta CEO, you know, certainly they will be the last, uh, one of the last industries to recover in terms of people booking trips, particularly, I guess, foreign trips, but even, um, versus a month ago, some of their load factors, which is really, you know, the percentage of people that are taking flights are up to about 20 or 30% full. Uh, obviously they've reduced capacity as well. So that, that, that may play into that number, but very robust picture off the lows in, in March and April. So I think, you know, overall, there's, there's lots to be kind of happy with. Um, and, and it looks like things are steadily improving. 
the question is, you know, going forward is that the market is, has figured that out uh, to a certain extent. And, and the market, depending which one you're looking at, are within a stone's throw away from the highs um, that we would have seen in, uh, earlier this year, or in some cases, they've, they've surpassed that. And, you know, so I think, it's, you know, I think people know Century, we don't claim to have any specific view on what the market's going to do. Um, however, I guess how we're thinking about it is that we do feel that, as I just suggested, things are improving, things are getting better. Uh, however, you know, we don't want to get over our skis with excitement in that I, I believe that coming out of this, there'll still be a, a level of unemployment um, that that's probably structurally higher than what we've seen in, in early 2020. I think companies will use that as this is an excuse, you know, not to hire all the people back that they furloughed or just make some structural shifts in some of their employment. I think, you know, there, there's, there's a, a lot of bankruptcies that are yet to, to be had. Uh, a lot of companies have a lot of debt. Um, you, you might not necessarily see that, or I don't think you'll see that at all really in the S&P 500 uh, or some of the larger indices. Uh, the reason there is, you know, that's, I think, is important distinction that, you know, those indices, uh, say the NASDAQ or S&P 500, are, are really not a full picture of the overall economy. They are when you're investing in, in um, you know, in, in those types of companies, they're, they're large market cap companies. In many cases, they have lots of cash, dominant companies in their industries. And, you know, theoretically, and I think uh, it'll happen, many of those companies, just to paint a broad brush, will probably... Uh, come out of this, you know, much, much stronger um, than their, than their peers. Whereas I think, you know, and I, I was watched a, a Bill Ackman video and he said something similar. It, it, I think if you had a, an index that was focused on the, the smallest businesses uh, in the U S for example, you know, very small businesses like mom and pop shops like that, that, that index would, would probably be down 40 or 50% because again, there, there will be a lot of bankruptcies and a lot of, a lot of pain left to come. So, you know, so the question is, you know, have we gone too far? I don't, I don't have a perfect answer for that, but, you know, we're, we're still finding lots of opportunities. We're, we're a little more cautious now, given the recent rally. And, and I think uh, it'll, it'll be a struggle um, for the economy to get back to that 2019 uh, level. But, and so perhaps a struggle to see like massive returns in the market from here. But with that being said, I think it'll be quite easy uh, to have really easy compares year over year for the, you know, especially going into 21. And I think this kind of upward momentum can continue in the data. That's great, Aubrey. Thank you for the comprehensive overview. Moving on, can you comment on positioning and portfolio activity within the U.S. mandates? You know, we don't have a lot of cash. Uh, there, there's some companies, it's, it's, a market, it's, a, it's a market of various different companies. Some companies are still quite a bit off their highs. Uh, so, for example, in the U.S. Growth and Income Fund, U.S. Monthly Income Fund, and, and the Pool Fund, that some of the things that we're adding there is a, is a company called Sensata. So we've, um, you know, we've owned this company in the past. Uh, it's probably about, call it a third still, or 40% from its highs. And what they do is they, um, they, they make sensors for, for, for the automotive industry, for the industrial industry as well. So it could be like LiDAR technology if you're in your car and someone passes and is beeping. There's also sensors to, if you pump the brakes, that the, the brakes actually stop. Uh, there's air conditioning sensors. So it, the moral of the story there is they tend to grow about five or 600% faster than production rate because more sensors are being added to vehicles and products alike, fridges, uh, you know, air conditioning units, cars, you know, tractors, all sorts of things. And so they're very well set up. 
for that. So we think that as, as things continue to improve, you're going to see more larger kind of non or discretionary type items continue to improve as well. Uh, another company we've been adding to in, in these mandates is a company called uh, Exalta. So we've owned this in a while as well, but we're, we're averaging down and, and they make paint. Uh, and if you get into an accident, uh, you got to go to a, an auto collision center and, um, and you got to get your, your car or truck repainted. Uh, they also make paint for new cars. So as you can imagine, this is not the greatest environment when there's no cars on the road. There's not so many accidents and there's not many people buying new cars. So there's not a lot of demand from that perspective as well. But also, as you can figure out, is that, look, I, I bet in your local communities, traffic is probably pretty close to COVID levels, uh, pre-COVID levels. So, you know, I think the demand is going to come back strong for that. And uh, also kind of echoing the comments I made earlier about GM, I think the production growth is there as well. So we've been adding those. Um, we've also added a company called Fiserv, which provided back office software for financial institutions, large, small, medium-sized financial institutions alike. So think about, you know, anytime you make a, a digital transaction, um, someone has to relay that transaction back to your bank. And, and also there, there's software required to be able to reconcile all of that all of those different balances. Uh, so so Fiserv does that and they've been doing it for, for many decades. And in fact, they've grown earnings per share at about a 10% clip uh, for the last number of decades, even in 08 and 09. And so we, we think this is a company with, with secular tailwinds as, as people continue to lose, use less cash going forward and, and more things you know, move to Amazon, et cetera. Um, uh, and another one we've been adding to fairly aggressively is McDonald's. Uh, this stock is probably about you know 20 25 percent off its highs uh and so we think there's still some room left for for some multiple acceleration here um you really have just to give you an idea like how the market's thinking so we have a company like domino's uh which i think maybe up like 30 percent year to date so obviously it would have been nice to own that one uh the thought there is you know people are staying home and are eating more pizza <coughs> and ordering in and, and a lot of that um that, that that takes place over the dinner hour or the lunch hour uh, so obviously McDonald's has a very strong business in the lunch hour and the dinner hour as well. And, and they're, they're doing quite well. Actually comps are, are flat to slightly up there, but they really make a lot of dough on, on the breakfast segment. And, and of course, breakfast tends to be fairly habitual and people tend to go out and get their egg McMuffin or, or coffee on the way to work. And in a work from home environment, people are not doing that, but you know, we're making the bet that slowly people will come back to work. Um, and, uh, and, and over time, I think those habits will be, be reestablished. Um, and then finally, just to put, you know, another couple of ones, just to group them together, uh, we've been adding to Medtronic and Stryker. Um, and really these are med tech companies. And again, these companies would probably be about 25, 30% off their highs still. Um, and the reason why we're looking at this is that there's some companies that are through their highs and that, you know, that, that are really not cheap at all, but, there's some companies have been kind of left behind to a certain extent in the rally. And so here, both of these companies, some of these procedures are, are elective procedures, you know, maybe hips and knees, some of them less so. Uh, you, you have things like related to neurology, you have uh, diabetes treatments, you have cancer treatments. But uh, oddly enough, even in, in Q1, both of these companies reported volumes down, you know, triple, you know, down 30%. And people are deferring, you know, all of these activities, which of course is not a smart thing to do, medium long term. So we think that comes back, and we think when that comes back, uh, those stocks will work. Uh, the, the, the sell that we're we're doing, we are selling Berkshire Hathaway, 
Um, not all of it yet, but we sold a good chunk. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to do. Obviously, he's a, he's a, a legend and, and you learn a lot from him. But it's, it's very disappointing, I think, at least in my mind, that he didn't really participate um, when the market went down. In, in, you know, we had a, a big correction. And I think historically, Berkshire Hathaway has added a lot of value. Um, through, through this type of correction where they've you know deployed a lot of cash and he certainly had the cash to do so 140 billion but really I think he was end up selling stocks um, at the bottom so um, and, and then the, the final point on that one you know again the most probably amazing investor of all time but he doesn't really the companies that he owns uh, I would argue that you know they're not like perfectly well managed I think he lets the managers do their thing but if you look at say uh, Burlington Northern or you look at Benjamin Moore or Dairy Queen, oftentimes there's, there's other companies in the same space that do a lot better. And I think it's really more of a function of, you know, he, he tends to run some of these companies for dividends. So a lot of, like, at least from our view, we're investing in, in that entity because uh, we thought he'd do something very smart in the downturn. Maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe there's this massive uh, downturn to come. We're not, we, we think the lows are in in March, so we don't agree. And we just think there's, there's better names. I mean, I think no one can, can time the, the, the market uh, but there are, you know, um, still a number of tr attractive companies we feel that are still well off the highs. And it's just a, a matter of time before the March continues for, you know, improved economic data as we look out to 2021. So, uh, you know, we're going to continue to kind of add to those types of names that I, that I just described. Okay. Thank you, Aubrey. That was very insightful. And we appreciate your bottom-up perspective. For the listeners, if you want to know more about Century U.S. Funds, and other Century Funds, check out CI.com. And please join us next week for another update on Century Funds. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns net of fees and expenses payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.